0: Well, welcome to Not By Bruce. Today, we have Danny Ray on, who will soon be featured on an upcoming primetime reality show. He's one of the world's premier illusionists and has amazed thousands of audiences worldwide, from churches and youth events to appearances on national TV and the Magic Castle. Audiences everywhere are amazed by his sleight of hand. Yet, he's far more than entertainment. Danny also brings a powerful and transforming messages using magic with the gospel. Married more than 25 years to Kimberly, he now wants to help others unlock the secrets for a magical marriage. And he explains all this in his book that will be released on November 16th. I love this name. No, I Can't Make Your Wife Disappear, A Magician's Guide for a Magical Marriage. So we'd like to welcome Danny Ray to our show today. Welcome to the show, Danny. Thank you so much for having me, Bruce. Looking forward to it. No no problem. It's great. Um I'm glad that title got you. Ah, I love that. I seriously I do. I know you it's a tongue-in-cheek thing. Today it's special for me because it's my wife's birthday, so I'm you know, oh, celebrating wow. that. What's the last thing name? I've won is her disappear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's already um, ordered, you know, uh, she called me up previously and you'll actually oh. not be there tonight, you know. Oh so.
0: what? <laughs> i promised her you'd give a show um so kind of tell us you're a pastor i mean you got your what masters in uh divinity i think from fuller right that's correct yeah and you've not only pastored in churches like youth things along those lines but you also work with other churches tell us how you got to this place in your life along with magic yeah so i started
1: doing sleight of hand i think like a lot of kids you know when i I was pretty young and by 10 years old got my first book and started working on sleight of hand on close-up magic at 12 years old in my first show called razzle dazzle oh yeah i know impressive um i handmade the programs with little stars on them 75 people showed up for a quarter i was the richest kid in town you know um At 15, started doing professionally through a restaurant that led to local businesses. But at 17 years old, I I gave my life to Christ, and for for me, like everything changed at that point. Where I was willing to give it up because I've read in the Bible, magicians are going to hell. I'm like, I haven't read Yo. that before. Um, that's <laughs> that's not good. Uh, yeah. So thankfully, a youth pastor talked about the differences of what was going on, and you know the. Old and New Testament with magicians and with calling up spirits from the dead. I'm like, no, I'm yeah. just doing sleight of hand. He's all. No, it. it's completely different. And so thankfully, I had, you know, people invest in me that way. So at 19, started working in a youth group that led to being involved in a youth group for five years, volunteer five years as a youth pastor. But in that process, I, I really began to think about what would it look like to combine these two together. And nice. I was re- reading through Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, where it says God's gifts and his calling are irrevocable. Mm. And it was uh, the first time I saw like this love for people, for, for sharing God's word, for preaching the word, and my gifting of doing the sleight of hand connected. Once I saw that I really believe that God was orchestrating, like combining those to be able to impact more lives. And I think for other people, when we combine our, our gifts with our calling, we're going to be right where God needs us to be.
0: Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're bringing that up because I think so many people fear that whatever I'm doing, I mean, there are some things obviously that probably would not be good to be doing. But, but for the majority of things, most people sometimes get afraid of, God, can I really— take this thing that I like and I enjoy and match it with God and the gospel and and doing his work?
1: It was a rough, I think God was just revealing more of who he was at that time. Mm -hmm. In my head, I thought, there's no way God, I know this sounds strange, but there's no way that God would let me do something that I absolutely love. Like, I You know, combining those two, I'm like, I love sharing God's word. I love doing sleight of hand. He wouldn't want me to like do both of those. Like, that would just be too good, you know. But that's God. He's too good. He's wonderful. Yeah. And I can remember going, okay, he doesn't want me to do it because this isn't really a gift. There's no, you know, there's nowhere in the Old or New Testament that talks about sleight of hand being a gift. Mm-hmm. But then I started reading more and looking at this idea of desires. Is why is it when I walk by? I was at a camp one time and there was a pile of wood that on Thursday it was Monday, but on Thursday you could build a house and you could sign up to build this house. And I would walk by and I'm like, you know, like I'd look at it and go, okay, but there are other guys that would walk by and they're like, man, why can't we just build two or five and do it right now? Like, I just want to build it. I'm like, where does that come from that we have different desires? Mm -hmm. And I enjoy sitting around for hundreds, thousands of hours, you know, working on sleight of hand and working on a slight nuance that nobody will ever see, but it'll make it even more, create more astonishment. Yeah. And so i read through the story of, and I'm not sure if this is how you say it, Bezalel in the Old Testament, where mm-hmm. he talked about God giving him skills with his hands and in leadership. And I thought, okay, these are different types of gifts that I haven't like read about or heard about before. And so it just—it was a process of discovering that God's bigger than what we sometimes think of, like He just wants you to do X. And mm-hmm. God has so much more in store for us, always. You know, our dreams are always smaller than His dreams for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's so creative and vast in what He. What he can do. And that, that's why I love in the passages where he says, you know, there's multiple gifts. Those aren't all the gifts that are written down. There's right. obviously more. And everybody's going to have different effects and different variations of it. And, and that's what's so beautiful about it. Can I take you back just for a second? Was yeah. there anything particular that happened at 17, if, if you can discuss that, that changed you to all of a sudden going, oh my goodness, this is what God's about? I didn't grow up in the church, and I i was 17, I'd gone
1: through a heartbreak, um, you know, a, a girlfriend left me for some other guy, and you know, at 17, those things, I think I was 16 at the time, but those things are devastating, first loves, all that. Yeah. And there was a man by the name of Travis Hartchin, and he was a junior as well, but he had just moved into town, and so he was, you know, getting to know people. and. Every day, he would walk with me around this field, and I would tell him about my heartache and my struggle, and he's like, you should pray about that. I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? But I didn't say anything, you know, but for two weeks, we walked around every day, and finally, I was like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Pray about what? What do you mean? Like, what what is that? And he, he whet my appetite for what's prayer, you know? And Yeah. Uh, And so that led to us having a conversation about, about prayer and about God. And then he invited me to his church and we, you know, ended up going every Wednesday and my junior year, about five months after hearing the gospel every week, I felt like God was speaking directly to me, like, you need to make a decision. And so that night, i I said yes to following him and haven't looked back, and really thankful for Travis investing his time and his thoughts and his prayers, and being bold enough as a you know seventeen year old young man to invest in in me and be bold enough to talk about his faith.
0: Wow, that's great. Praise God for faithful servants like that, huh? Oh,
1: i I thank him all the time. We're still in touch. and it's funny because he moved from Illinois to San Diego, and you would think he mm. loves San Diego. He hated San Diego. for you yeah. know like There was no football team at our school. It was more creative arts. He's just like, where's the football? Where's this? He could not wait to get out, and as soon as he could, he did. But I tell him every time, like, I think God might have brought you there just for me. I am so thankful. I know it was two years. It was painful for you, but for me— What a blessing. (laughs) Thank you enough. So, yeah.
0: All right. So now take us through the transition here as you're doing all your different things with churches and and magic. Then you get to this point now you've been married 25 years and you decide to write a book about what I think is perfect because Christianity is all about relationships, which means it's got to be about communication. So tell us how you got here my my wife and i
1: just celebrated 25 years and as a part of that journey years ago we started to think about what would it look like to give other people the insights the ideas the thoughts that we've been given over the years early on we went to a weekend remember to remember which is still going on it's a marriage conference but it was also for engagement and so during our engagement we went there and then we went as a married couple and we've gone to numerous other camps and conferences where we've heard Mm -hmm. speakers. And so we started to think about what would it look like to give back? And then we didn't just want to write a marriage book. It was like, how do I take the principles of a magician and combine those with biblical principles? Because as much as I would like to think, oh, people just want to hear me talk about marriage. They tend to be like, hey, show me a trick. Hey, would you come in and do a show for our people? But also, will you tell them about marriage? Or will you tell them about would Mm -hmm. tie in their theme and so i knew that that's usually the first reason people are coming is they want to see a magic show and so we took the principles that parallel the scriptures that also work in terms of magic so for example the first chapter is on misdirection, which magicians use all the time. It's mm-hmm. getting the focus on the right things at the right time so they could experience astonishment. But that's exactly what God talks about, is focusing on the right things in our marriage so that we could experience the incredible life that he has for us. Uh. So yeah, there's just so many of those that we started to see that it was like, okay, let, let's do this. And so over the last couple of years, we we wrote the book. We decided to do it from my perspective, but in every chapter, she puts Kimberly's corner and has her perspective on either oh, cool. the entire chapter or on a certain part of that chapter.
0: Well, that's great. What did you find, if you can speak about it, in your marriage? What were some of the things that, that you struggled with? I'm guessing particularly with communications always is a big one, what things did you struggle with that really made you see, okay, here's where we struggle, other people struggle, and then here's what God can do? That's a great question.
1: So our deepest struggles, here you go, Bruce. Uh, okay. So I think early on, our our deepest struggles were in the bedroom. You know, that if I wanted her I, and I wanted that to happen now and she said no, The the rejection of her really was painful and just mm. hard to process early on. I would just shut down and I wouldn't communicate. And then she would try to respond, but I would just go into defense mode. And so we started to see that pattern and we ended up going to a counselor to help break that cycle. Yeah. And we started to do was to realize that it's not her rejecting me, even though I might feel that. It's, we both have to be in a place where that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And for, at least for my wife, I won't speak for all women. I don't want to claim that one. But yeah. for, for my wife, um, magic in the bedroom starts in the kitchen. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> um, with the five love languages, You know, yeah. her, my love language is um, physical touch. Hers is acts of slavery. I mean, acts of service. Service, Uh, yeah. Slavery. Uh, It's real similar, real similar. But when I serve her well and communicate those things outside of the bedroom, that puts her in a place where she wants to give in that way. But that took us a while to figure out how do we navigate that without shutting down or feeling rejected. And on her side, you know, making it so that— We both wanted to be in that situation. One of the practical strategies we did that way, and I know this sounds so impractical for some people, but we scheduled um, our intimate times. And so she would put it on the calendar, and I tell you what, that gives a man hope. It's like, all right, (laughs) it might not be tonight, but tomorrow night, all right. So those were things that we learned along the way that we're trying to pass on to just, and that's one, a lot of different things that, that go on in the bedroom. We we talk about communication in the first section, and it ends with chapter six in with mind uh, mind blowing bedroom magic because we we wanted to start there, but it has to start with better communication everywhere else before we get to the bedroom.
0: Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that because I know that could be tough, but appreciate that. Definitely not proud moments, but they're reality. Yeah. <laughs> no, but and that's why I want people to hear whatever it was on your heart, because that's what really speaks to us on why we would read your book is because this guy's open, he's honest, he's being authentic, and uh, you know he's being vulnerable. and and it's a problem that I can relate to. It's you get the same thing. So I appreciate that. Is there anything from you'd say your magic world? Yeah, because you mentioned, you know, obviously getting the diversion in there and things like that. A friend of mine um, who is a magician, he told me that obviously magic works around deception a lot. Okay. So he found that uh, in his relationships that he would almost—and he's a Christian—he would fall back on deception sometimes to get what he wanted. Now, that may not be your situation, but that just made me think, are there other things that you've seen in magic that are pluses on how you can relate better as well as maybe negatives? I think with
1: with anything, you have pluses and minuses. You can look at social media and go, oh, it's evil. But you could also look at it and go, wow, there's so many kingdom-building things we could do through social media. Yeah. And you could do that with, with almost anything. I don't want to justify everything. Right. But I think that there are negative sides to sleight of hand of people using that to take advantage of other people or to con people. In fact, my biological father he was a a con artist Mm -hmm. and he took off when i was about four years old and by far the most pain anybody's ever caused by not being present in my life um, by not having my biological father there and so early on when i was working on sleight of hand there was like hey i could do this hey i could i could take people's money you know like Mm -hmm. those thoughts crossed my mind you know when i mean i can very this sounds sad but it's a reality very easily cheat especially when it comes to any type of card um, manipulation i have that ability so but on the other side of that it's like how do you use illusion to speak into the kingdom things and so like the Smoke and mirrors, right? Yeah. Smoke and mirrors is a very real thing that people use for a long time to create the illusion um, Mm -hmm. that something was bigger than what it is. You know, they would create ghosts and underneath they would have a small projector, you know, and that's hitting a mirror and that's going through a piece of glass and it would project this giant image on the stage that in the, when this was being done, it was terrifying to see these Mm -hmm. things. And, but they, at the end of the day it was just smoke and mirrors and so one of the things we talked about is what are the the fears that we have that yeah. are more of an illusion and you know this like oftentimes the things that we worry about they never come to expression it's right. so build it up build it up build it up and what would it look like to learn to surrender those things and in the context of our marriage learning to be vulnerable with our spouse and go to them and say hey I really feel like the finances are something that i'm acting like they're bigger than what they are Mm -hmm. i want to be honest with you like we don't have the money i want to say yes to you but i'm acting like everything's great but it's not but those things are really vulnerable to talk about your money situation with your spouse especially if you're the primary breadwinner whether that's you know the the wife or the husband there's this provider's burden that you carry with you everywhere. And so when there's a lack of finances for whatever the reasons are, there's a burden that's on you. So you have to ask the question is that a is that a real fear that you have, or is it a perceived fear, or can it be changed by our spending habits? And so we talk about, you know, spending habits and look at how we can make money appear like magic. <laughs> so, uh, So yeah, I don't know if that answers that exactly, but yeah, Yeah. trying to look at the parallels of both the good as well as um, the difficulty in using sleight of hand.
0: No, that's good. What else? If, If you wanted somebody to walk away with one thing from your book, what would the one takeaway be that's the most impactful that you'd like people to get?
1: Man, it's hard to say, like, what's the one thing?
0: I mean, <laughs> okay, a couple I, things.
1: <laughs> I do a whole thing on mind reading in there, because you always hear, like, you can't read my spouse's mind, or, you know, uh, but I lay out, like, here's what a mind reader does, and here's how you could read your spouse's mind. And so <laughs> that was, like, a really fun chapter right? But if I was to say one thing to married couples, oh, wow. I think not going to bed angry has... Mm-hmm. My wife and I on the same page for 25 years, like that principle of like working everything out every day and not going to bed angry, like it transforms over time, your marriage. And not that we've done that perfectly. There's plenty of things where we've gone to bed angry, but as a pattern and as a whole, we just don't allow things to build up over time as we deal with it. Even if it means embarrassing ourselves by going to a friend or a pastor or counseling and going, hey, we we're in a fight right now and we need your help. You know, like yes. that's not a fun place to be. But we would rather deal with that than go like, oh, we'll deal with this in a month or two, set up a counseling appointment or something for a month down the road. But that's letting something build up instead of dealing with it as it comes. Yeah, those are a couple things, <laughs> uh, there there's so many things that I want to. Yeah, teach and encourage and empower people in to to create that marriage that's thriving.
0: Right. I probably get. I should take off this question. I was going to ask you if you could disclose the secret of how the uh, Pharaohs' magicians made the snakes, but I'll, I'll take that off my list. Here. <laughs> uh, as you've, uh, you know, as you talk to other people, when you were probably getting this book ready, were. Things obviously in your own life, but were you hearing things from other people that made you think, okay, here's where to really zero in on some of this stuff.
1: So when I was a youth pastor, you end up doing counseling with students, but also with their their families, with their you know the yeah. moms, dads, and the couples. And so early on, we started to do that, and then we started to have people ask if I would do their ceremony, you know, um, officiate their their marriage ceremony. And so then that led to premarital counseling. And then other people would just come to us for marriage counseling for whatever the reasons were. We would tell them, you need to go get professional help, You need, in which my wife is currently um, becoming a professional psychologist. She's a year away from finishing that. But the thing is, for whatever reason, people resonate with you, and so we would pray and go like, "I guess if they're going to keep coming back, we need to give them something." So we would, you know, read marriage books, go to uh, marriage seminars, and really try to take as much as we could to be able to give, and also just reading the scriptures and asking yeah. God to, you know, speak into their lives through whatever you find yourself reading often applies to the people that you're you're with in any particular day. And so I think that's that's what I'd say with that.
0: So before I switch to one, really one last question, anything else about the book that you want to say? Availability, places they can check out some stuff before it comes out? You could
1: check it out at Amazon, you know, pre order it there. You could go to my website, DannyRayMagic.com, get it off there, or any bookstore will have it once it's out on November 16th.
0: Okay. I'll put those up on the website when I put up the podcast here one to ask you though the the show that you're in what's the magic show that's coming up that that we'll be able to see on so I am
1: not able to say I'm under an NDA oh. with them and okay. so I cannot say the the show we're on I could tell you that it's a magic reality show that's very popular right now and uh, I've had no so
0: something in- like Penn and Teller's show it could, it could be. <laughs> that's why I believe in it with something like that show. Something like
1: that, yes. Yes, so, okay. And so on that particular show, you know, there's other reality shows, but you have to try to fool two well-known, well-respected magicians, and they are pretty tough to fool. And, yeah, we were— on a reality show and it will it'll air here i filmed for it in june and so we'll see when it airs but i'm pretty excited about that coming out and we're really hoping that that'll open up doors the crazy part with doing that just so many opportunities where god opened the door for us with this but one of the big ones was they said we need one minute for you to tell us your story you know will you write up a script for that and so i did and I'd pitch putting the book in it and, you know, saying, hey, my wife and I wrote this book. And they're like, oh, no, no self-promotion. And so no. I said the title of the book is No, I Can't Make Your Wife Disappear. And they're like, oh, we love that title. Let me run that up to the executives. And so <laughs> they got approval. So on the show, I'll be able to hold up. It's a mock-up of the book. But I'm able to hold up the book, talk about it for a brief moment. So we're really hoping that that will um, help to sell books, which our prayers that that will help marriages and open up doors to be able to speak into lives of couples.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, we wish you the best and uh, look forward to seeing you on the unknown show <laughs> <laughs> for your for your book to come out here and uh, pray for uh, just to filter out to so many people and affect so many marriages. Thank you and your wife, Kim, for taking the time to do this and the of time to, take, then, to come for... on this. Appreciate It, it. It was a
1: pleasure speaking with you and really thankful for this opportunity.
0: Okay. Thanks, Danny. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks. Bye.